welcome back to Grace Talks, a Christian's women's podcast that studies the Bible, the women in it, and applies it to our lives today. For today, we have a Real Talks episode with one of my good friends, Joni, and I'm so excited. We're going to get to talk about leadership and some of her experience in that area and how we can apply it to our lives in the church and outside of it. So I'm excited. It's so good to have you. Thanks. It's good to be here. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, sure. So my name is Joni. I'm 24 years old. I grew up in uh, Joshua and Burleson, Texas, which is just south of Fort Worth. So in the suburbs. And um, I graduated high school here. And then I went to Baylor University to study music where I graduated in 2018. And currently I'm a private music teacher. I teach music lessons out of my home to about 30 students every week. And I'm also the worship leader at my church. But I also do a lot of other stuff, like anyone who works at a small church. So I'm the secretary, I do bookkeeping, I work with the youth, I lead the young adult girls book study, which is super fun, and I also help run the social media. So a little bit of everything. Definitely busy, definitely a lot of different leadership aspects. For sure. 24-7. <laughs> Always. And then took some time out of her busy schedule to be able to talk to us. Of course. That's so fun. Okay, well, I uh, guess we can hop into it. What is the topic that's been on your heart lately? So definitely leadership. I feel like leadership is always on my heart because most people don't understand the importance of leadership and most people don't think of themselves as leaders, Mm -hmm. but no matter where you work or what position you are in, someone is always looking up to you. And so you want to make sure that your actions, your words, your attitudes are worth being replicated. And when you do that, it puts you in a position to be promoted, to receive raises, to be given more responsibilities. And, you know, it's not that we do it for the perks, obviously. (laughs) Those are nice, but we don't do it for that. We do it because we want to serve God. and, And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to do our best. Just like how in Luke 16, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. So we can be sure that when we are faithful with where God has put us, he is going to bless us in that. Yeah. I actually really like that concept. That's something I've learned a lot about what, while being at this church is the concept of stewardship. Can you talk a little bit more about that for people who maybe don't understand that? Is it okay if I tell a story? Yeah. Okay, sweet. So, um, Whenever I was in high school, I sang back backup like I was a backup singer on our adult worship team. And then when I came home from college, I did the same thing. And now when I came home from college, I could have had a really bad attitude about it, you know, since I wasn't able to lead songs, I was just doing backup. And, you know, sometimes I did have a bad attitude about it. Um, But eventually, you know, I turned myself around and I was like, hey, I'm going to do the best with where I'm at. I'm going to be faithful in this background singing, even though no one can hear me. It doesn't matter. I'm here to worship God. And so I learned my harmonies the best that I could. I supported our worship leader, you know, as much as possible. I had a good attitude. And even though I didn't have very many responsibilities then, Mm -hmm. whenever she left our church about a year ago, our pastor asked me to step into that position. And I don't believe that I would have been asked to do that if I hadn't been faithful and had a good attitude as a backup singer. So like I stewarded, you know, my small position where I didn't really feel like I was making much of an impact. And so now I have a larger position where I can make more of an impact. That's a really good example. I like that. What other experiences in that area have you had that have made you really grow as a leader? Okay. So in college, I was what they call a community leader at Mm -hmm. Baylor, but basically it's like an RA. And so you can be a regular community leader, which is the regular RA stuff. But then after you've been a CL, 
or a community leader. (laughs) You can become a CLM, which is a community leader mentor. And you can take that next step and mentor the other CLs in your dorm or residence hall. And so after I was a CL for a year, I decided that I wanted to be a CLM. And because I had been faithful in just being a regular CL, whenever Mm -hmm. I interviewed to be a CLM, I ended up, you know, becoming one, which was really, really cool. And I got to mentor the other CLs under me. And additionally, I got paid more, which was a great perk. Yeah. Um, And I also got to be in charge of other stuff. So I'm a very organized person. I love organizing schedules and doing that for people. And as a CLM, I got the opportunity to do that, which was something I loved. And so I loved helping the other CLs to get to like, you know, schedule them for various things and whatnot. Yeah, that's really cool. What was there a moment when you decided you said there's sometimes you had a bad attitude, which we all do. What was that moment for you that you said, okay, I'm going to do this well where I'm at? Basically, I would just have a come to Jesus moment. Yeah. (laughs) I would just be like upset and telling him how upset I was. And then he would be like, suck it up. (laughs) You know, stop being a baby. This is where I've put you. And so then I would get super convicted and I'd probably cry. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's happened more than once. Yeah. Not going to lie. Um, but, you know, then you cry, then you get it out. And then you're like, okay, I need to make a plan. I need to do this better because I haven't called to just, I haven't been called to just coast, to just, you know, be where I'm at. I've been called to be better, yeah. to do better. God has called us to do our very best in every single thing. And so when I had those moments, I was like, yeah. Let's do it. Let's let's do our best. And you find in those moments that you end up having more joy yeah. than being upset about like, oh, I can't do this or, oh, I don't, I can't make this decision and, and I want to be the person to make the decisions. But honestly, it doesn't matter. The joy that you get from just leading where you are is so much better than the joy of getting to be in charge and make whatever decision it is that you wanted to make. Yeah. I feel like contentedness and satisfaction is something a lot of people are always trying to reach and they're attempting to get that by getting to the next thing Mm -hmm. instead of understanding that you can only reach contentedness if you're where you're at. Because then the next step you take, then you have the next one you want to take. And if you keep up that pattern, then you're never going to be satisfied in the moment of what you're doing. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And it also affects the attitudes of the people around you. You know, like if I had been so discontent as a backup singer and there were other backup singers that were super unhappy Mm -hmm. with their position um, and they would talk to me about it. And so in those positions, I could have been like, yeah, you're so right. This is so wrong. We should be treated better. Um, Or I could just be like, well, you know, this is where we have, we gotta, we gotta do the best with what we, with what we got. Mm -hmm. And in most situations I tried to do the, the latter. (laughs) And so my good attitude, I hope affected the attitudes of, of the other people. Yeah. Influenced other people's Mm -hmm. perspectives too. Exactly. And at the minimum didn't encourage, uh, the poor attitudes. Right. Right. And, and when you have a good attitude, you end up being a leader to the people around you, whether you're trying to or not, which is kind of what it's all about. Yeah. Did you have ever a really good example or a good mentor of that kind of leadership qualities that you learned from? Yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily say that he's a mentor of mine, (laughs) Um, but the pastor at our church is actually such a great servant leader. You know, he even spends time walking around the building deciding what could be done better for the people in our church. Like, he spends specific time doing that. Okay, like... Like he'll, you know, be on his way to go to the youth room to talk to our youth pastor and he'll just look around the building while he goes trying to make things better and, you know, seeing what we need to work on. 
to improve things for, for the people of our church. And so in turn, that makes me want to do my very best for him because he's not below doing yard work at the church. He does yard work at the church. He paints walls, you know, pastor does everything around the church. And so it makes me want to do my best for him. And hopefully that attitude trickles down to the people that I lead. Right. That's really cool. I love that example. There's always somebody that we're looking to and we're all supposed to be looking to Christ, but you also have to have those physical, tangible examples in your Mm -hmm. life to be able to build each other up. I think you do a really good job of that when you're leading of saying, like, like you said, you're like, I hope that trickles down. I think you do a really good job of that attitude of trying to encourage people in the right direction, which I think is awesome. How would you encourage other people, whether they're in leadership positions or want to be or aren't or think they aren't leaders? Like, how would you encourage people in that aspect? So you definitely need to be faithful where you are and do your best in whatever aspect of work that you're doing. Like if if you're asked to clean the toilets, clean the toilets in the best way that you can. (laughs) Or if you're asked to lead a group of people, you know, don't take that lightly. Lead them in the best way that you can possible. You know, make sure that you've prepared what you're going to say to them ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Don't just go off the cuff and and do everything, you know, willy nilly. Mm -hmm. You want to prepare and and do your best in it all. And whenever you do that, right, exactly. Intentionality. Because when you do that, the people around you, whether you are in a leadership position over them or not, they're going to notice and they're going to want to do the same because a good attitude is very contagious. Mm -hmm. Um, But so is a bad attitude. So you want to make sure that you're leading in the right way. Influencing a lot by example. Mm -hmm. That's good. What about people when they're not in the church? What can separate people when they're outside of their homes? What can make a Christian leader, a better example, how can they lead, you know, outside of the church? So even outside the church, you know, doing your best in something is always going to be rewarded. Bosses and employers don't want employees who are just going to coast and just do enough to get by. We all want people working for us who do their best and are working on improving the company or um, improving the work that they're doing. So when you do your best, even outside of the church, it's going to be rewarded. And this also puts you in a position to minister to your bosses and the employees beside you, because if you are the coworker that they want to work with, because you have such a good attitude, because you're loving on them, because you're caring, then that gives you such a good opportunity to invite them to church and to minister to them and to tell them why you are different. And I mean, that's the great commission. That's what we as Christians are called to do is to minister to other people. So when we lead where we are, ultimately we are fulfilling the great commission, especially if you are in a secular work environment. Like I don't have the opportunity to do that because I teach out of my home, you know, I don't have other coworkers that I can minister to necessarily. And at the church, you know, most of the people are already Christians. And so that's not an area that I get to do. But if you do have the opportunity to work in a secular work environment, you are like in the prime position to bring people to Christ and to lead where you're planted. Yeah, that's really encouraging for people who maybe want leadership roles in the church, but aren't there's those spots haven't opened up to them. But maybe it's one of those steward where you are that we were talking about. If you have that opportunity outside, like jump on that opportunity Because you could make a difference in just one person's life, but in one person's life, think of all the difference that they can make. There's that domino effect. Like I had a mentor in college who was amazing. And if she hadn't influenced me, then, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am. My family would look different. My future family would look different. And the people around me, I think, would look a little different too. So I think sometimes people can get a little discouraged because they go, oh, I couldn't even make a really big impact. Well, you could make an impact on one person's lives that could have an impact on 
who knows how many. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. One of my friends, she actually works in retail and she tells me all the time about the connections that she's making with her coworkers and how she intentionally thinks of like ways to tell them about Christ. Like before she gets to work, she intentionally thinks, oh, today I'm going to ask this coworker this question and we're going to have this conversation and I can encourage her in this. And in some ways it makes me a little bit jealous, you know, wishing that I could have the opportunity to do something like that. So yeah, if you're in a secular work environment, don't take it for granted. You're in like the perfect place to minister to people. That's really good. Have you, has she mentioned any of the questions specifically that she'll ask her coworkers that bring up this kind of conversations? Cause I feel like that can be an awkward place where people like, Oh, I wouldn't know what to ask. Let's see. She'll ask them like, Oh, when was the last time you went to church? Or she'll ask them about, you know, maybe a relationship that they had talked about previously and then kind of lead that into a conversation about like God, um, especially if they are, you know, potentially deciding to do a not Christian like thing with, with their partner. But in general, I think she tries to just do it naturally, you know, not necessarily being like, Hey, do you know God? Yeah. You know, (laughs) right. Just ask them about their lives. And normally stuff like that'll pop up, especially when you start talking about your life and being like, Oh yeah, like this weekend I went to church, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a great way to open up a conversation for them to be like, Oh, I haven't been to church in a while. And the countless times that we hear that, you know? And so when you hear that, invite them to church. That's such a great opportunity or even different fellowship events. There's a lot of opportunities for, I know a lot of the people who listen to this are young adult people our age. So whenever you are in a church or you're involved in one that has young adult fellowship opportunities, sometimes it might be awkward to be like, do you want to come sit with me in the pews Sunday Mm -hmm. morning? But you can go, Hey, do you want to come play volleyball Saturday? And that's a really good opportunity to be able to get involved in people's lives and bring them into community and realize, Hey, if you think God is weird, I just wanted to introduce you to people who actually think he's really cool and you can see that he's not. It's actually really awesome. So yeah, I'm on over. Totally agree. Is there any story or person in the Bible that you think was a good example of leadership? So one of my favorite examples of leadership in the Bible is David and King Saul. So when David was young, he was anointed as king. But of course, you know, he was a teenager and he, he couldn't be king yet. And so he served where he was and he currently was a shepherd for his dad. And so he, he was the best shepherd. You know, he cared for his sheep so, so well. He even killed a lion and a bear in protecting his sheep, which is pretty amazing in and of itself. He, so he led where he was, right? Mm -hmm. And eventually he ended up being a worker for the current king, King Saul. And King Saul even gave him one of his daughters to marry. Like David was that influential of a person. Mm -hmm. But eventually Saul became threatened by David and he even tried to kill him. Like David was just working in the palace one day playing an instrument and Saul just threw a spear at him. Like what the heck? Anyway, so on multiple occasions. Yes, it wasn't just one time. Also, after one time, like wouldn't you run away? But no, David goes back. <laughs> he goes back for a second time. Talk about leadership. Anyways, so after two times of trying to be killed, David runs away, right? Because he doesn't want to die, obviously. He's yeah. supposed to be king. And while he is running away for 10 plus years, a group of men end up following him because David is that kind of a leader. He, he attracts people. Mm-hmm. And 
He could have talked about King Saul poorly to these men, and he could have talked about, yeah, let's go murder him in his bed, right? Mm -hmm. But instead, no, David taught them Christian principles. He taught them about honoring authority, and David led where he was. You know, he, he could have really been discontent with not being king and having to run for his life. I mean, who wouldn't be discontent in that situation? And I'm sure he had those feelings once in a while, and he writes about them in Psalms. Yeah. And but, he had multiple opportunities to do non-Christian-like thing, like non, mm-hmm. non-godly men thing. He had multiple easy opportunities to do it. And his men were like, do it. <laughs> right. And then David never did it. Mm-hmm. He had multiple opportunities to kill Saul, but, but he didn't. He taught his men Christian, you know, yeah. values that, that you don't murder right? <laughs> and you also don't take leadership for yourself. That's it. He knew that he had already been appointed by God, so he was just waiting for God to actually place him in that spot. Exactly. And so the story ends with Saul, you know, he ends up dying in a different in a different way. And so David becomes king. And because he was faithful while he was on the run and with those group of men, with leading them where God had put him, God knew that he could be faithful as king. Right. So, yeah, I'm not necessarily saying that we'll all be in charge someday. And we'll, I mean, we're not all going to be kings and queens of our own companies. But I do know that God is faithful to those who are faithful in the small things. So if you continue in where... If you continue serving where you are, I know that God will be faithful to bless you in that. And then because we're human, we always mess up. We're always going to make mistakes, whether you're in a place of leadership or not. And whether everyone else is in a place of leadership or not, when you mess up, what is a way that a person who is leading by faith, how should they respond? Sometimes whenever you make a mistake, it's not necessarily something that you have to apologize for. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, you might be leading a group of people and trying to encourage them in something and you said something in an awkward way and it didn't like come across correctly. And so in that sense, when you quote unquote mess up, you just learn from your mistakes. You practice more. You figure out how to say things in in a better way Mm -hmm. um, to encourage the people around you. But if you mess up and it hurts a relationship with someone or ends up making your company lose money or, you know, a big mistake, something like that, then you definitely need to apologize for sure. Mm -hmm. So you'll want to apologize to the people above you and to the people below you. Mm -hmm. And whenever you do that, you really do earn their respect as opposed to just going through and being like, oh, it wasn't my fault, blah, 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 blah. Whenever you apologize in humility and learn from your mistakes, that's when people will respect you for your for your leadership. Good leaders apologize. You can be a leader and be fine and not apologize, but good leaders apologize when they mess up and they learn from their mistakes. Yeah. It offered, there's also the opportunity for character development, too, mm-hmm. not just in what other people are witnessing, but in yourself. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so before we kind of wrap everything up, how would you encourage other people to be leaders inside the church, outside the church, and all that good stuff? So I can say that probably most of us aren't in a very high leadership position. Mm -hmm. And I know that because 1% of people are CEOs of companies, and the 99% of us aren't CEOs of companies. (laughs) So I would say that if you aren't in a leadership position specifically, look for ways to serve and love on those around you and encourage them to do the same. Because as we said before, a good attitude is going to be replicated by the people around you. It's very contagious. So be happy in your work and do your very, very best in whatever you're asked to do. Don't grumble about 
about it and, and be upset, you know, have a good attitude and, and do it with grace and with humility. And this is going to encourage the people around you to do the same in their work. And in that way, you are leading them. And as you lead them, you know, employers and bosses will see what you're doing. They'll see your attitude. They'll see your faithfulness and they'll want to reward you in that and promote you and give you raises and give you more responsibilities. But, you know, you aren't an automatic leader just because you carry a title. You can have a boss that, you know, tells you what to do, but that doesn't make them a good leader. So no matter where you are, leadership is an attitude and a way of life. It's how you're living. It's not a title that you can grab or even that someone gives you. Right. A leader is created. Right. You are, create you, it are you the person being influenced? Are you being an influencer of those people around you? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So if you follow leadership, principles, you know, you might even be able to lead the bosses that maybe aren't leading you. Yeah. (laughs) You never know. You can always lead from the bottom up. And I actually have some great resources that talk about that. So, um, there's this book called how to lead when you're not in charge by Clay Scroggins. And he talks specifically about leading from the bottom up and leveraging the influence that you have. And actually Andy Stanley, he has a leadership podcast and he actually does a couple of episodes with Clay over his book. Really? (laughs) Um, yeah. In July and August of 2017. So I highly recommend searching those podcasts up, looking them up, definitely read that book. And then there's another one by John Maxwell called how to lead when your boss can't or won't. And that's another great one. It has very similar principles to the Clay Scroggins book, but it has a more Christian look on the subject. So that's another great resource. And then in the Bible, of course, go and check out first and second Samuel. That's where David and King Saul's story is. So I would definitely research that both of them were good leaders at one point, and both of them also failed at other points. So you can definitely get some good leadership characteristics out of First and Second Samuel. There's a whole lot of do and do nots in First and Second Samuel, so those are really good mm-hmm. ones to learn from. Definitely. Okay, well, this has been so much fun. Do we want to wrap this up with a good prayer? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love if you'd lead. All right. And dear God, I thank you for all of the leaders who are listening to this podcast, God. I pray that you would just give them the courage to lead where they are, the courage to be faithful in what you have given them. I pray that you would help them to have a good attitude, that your Holy Spirit would just fill them up, that they would just exude your joy out of them, and that the people around them would see the difference that they are making, and that in that, they would be able to have ministerial opportunities to minister to the people around them, to invite them to church. I pray that you'd give them the words to say, and that you would just bless them as they are faithful to you and serving you where they are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jenny. This was so much fun. You're welcome. This is great. I totally enjoyed it. It was super fun. Okay. Well, as per usual, um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and I'll answer those on social media. But other than that, just a reminder that God loves you. I love you. Joni loves you. Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, And I forgot the rest of my thing. Signing out. Well, I'm signing off. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. I'm leaving that in. 100% I'm leaving that in.